as godly men and and just contrast the two because I think there's a a, a great similarity as we see the breakdown of our nation and compare it to the breakdown of our families in in this nation. And there's a, there's like I said a lot of similarities. First Corinthians 16:13 says, "Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, and be strong." And so the first thing you know I want to look at is the way that our nation is being led right now. And I think a, a, a really clear thing that I see is that when there's no leader, there's no followers. And just as we don't see a lack or a, just as we don't see a unified coalition against ISIS in Iraq, what has it done? It's caused chaos. And it's the same thing for our families. As Christian men, if we don't lead our families, chaos ensues. Automatically. If, if we're not leaders, then our, our, our wife, it includes our wives, and our children, they don't have anybody to follow. And no one will follow us. And then, as men, we'll get frustrated. Why don't they follow me? I yell at them. I don't set an example for them, but by golly, I'm the I'm the dad. I'm the I'm the husband. They should follow me. And and it's a it's a lack of example and it's a lack of firm loving leadership. And again, I don't want to make this political because I'm not talking about only our president. I'm talking about the mess in in Congress. The House of Representatives has no leader. The Senate has no leader. And and chaos has ensued. Government's at a stalemate. And one of the problems is is that our government is being led by special interest groups. And a lot of times, those special interest groups that are causing laws to be passed that affect our families and all the way to the pulpit, the the big push now is to silence the pulpits from teaching the Bible. They don't like the Bible being taught literally. Period. End of story. As a, a fundamental Christian, and you know what, for the for some people... That word fundamental is what equates us with terrorists in the world. And that's, and I'll, and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit later. Because fundamentalism equals <clears throat> extreme. But we are fundamentalists. What does that mean for us? We believe that the, the Bible is fundamental, that it's God's word, His love letter, as Chuck Missler says, to us, and If we're not being fundamentally fundamentally sound in our in our study of the word and our um, leadership in our families, 
then chaos ensues. And when you look at the world, for lack of leadership, godly leadership, not only in our own nation, but in other nations, the world's a mess. Chaos has ensued. And Adam and I were talking before we ate. You know, we can look at the world right now, and man, we can see the prophecies coming true. Good is now evil way to to the max. And evil has become good. Again, way to the max. And we can see, you know, that prophecy about pestilences. You know, we should be concerned about We know God's hand is in control of this, but... Um, we were told that Ebola was not going to come to this country. <clears throat> and it's here. They're looking at a hundred people right now in different states that have possibly um, been infected with Ebola. And so we can look around us and we can see all of these things coming true, which makes it even more important for us to be standing as godly men and to be leaders, not only in our families, first in our families, but in in our groups of friends, in in our workplace. And and that doesn't mean walking around, hitting people with the Bible and everything, but leading by example, leading by, um, you know, in my work, I'm, I'm just overwhelmed right now. We've lost two, the two other people that do my job. And so every kid that we have on our caseload is now mine. And, and I am so maxed out that, you know what, I get paid hourly. And overtime has to be approved, pre-approved. But you know what, I'm putting in 10, 10 hour days, sometimes 11 hour days. And those are, those are free hours that I'm giving to the company. But you know what? I've got kids to minister to. I can't say, oh, 5 o'clock, I'm out of here, when I have to pick up a kid at 4.30 because that's when he gets home from school and take him out and counsel with him and do fun things with him. I, I, I can't leave those guys hanging. And so, um, my, you know, people at work tell me, dude, you're stupid. You know, you're crazy. You're giving the company free time. Well, no, I'm, you know what? I'm giving my kids free time. That's the way I look at it. And, and so, you know, we've got to lead by example. We've got, even when we're called stupid <laughs> and idiotic and why are you giving your company free time? Well, that's right, Dan. Thank you. Do everything as unto the Lord and, and, and not to man. For, for for their pleasing, for their, you know, for, uh, um, how's the Bible put it? For, um, not as men pleasers, but as service, sincerity of heart pleasers. Yes. And, and I was looking for that, not as eye service, yeah. is what the Bible says. And, and Dan, thank you. We don't work for man, we work for the Lord. <clears throat> and we're to set the example, um, in that, am I exhausted? <laughs> yes, I'm exhausted. But you know what? When I wake up in the morning, it's a good exhaustion. I know that I, I did my job, and I know that I ministered to kids. 
and so um, as 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 I go on here, each each area I'm going to cover is how our country is suffering from lack of leadership, and how that equates to how our family suffers as a lack of leadership by by godly men. <clears throat> and you know, the next thing I want to do is is talk about being honest in our families. You know, guys, kids are smart. And they're smarter than us, I think. <laughs> Except for Alex. <laughs> but when we're not honest in our families, our kids know it. Our wives know it. And so it's so important for us to be to be honest, not a, a do as I say, not as I do kind of of leader. And the thing is, is that everyone knows you're being less than honest. You know, look at our look at our country. The entire country knows that our leadership, from the top down through Congress, down down through the legislature, it's obvious to us. We know we're being lied to. But, yes, thank you, Dan, again. No, absolutely. The Bible says that we are not to be deceived in the end days. And you know what? It doesn't seem that anybody cares other than Christian conservative groups. Nobody else cares that we're being lied to. It's like, uh, (laughs) you know, we got lied to again. Uh, You know, no big deal. Um, and, and so everybody that lies, it's obvious. You know, we all have a natural, uh, I call it, we all have a natural polygraph system in, in us. And, and it's called discernment. And we can discern those kind of things. Even when they're subtle. It's not so subtle in our country right now. But even when it is subtle, we can discern those things. And it's God that gives and grants that gift of discernment to us. I saw a um, I saw a picture on um, in an article that I was reading yesterday, and this is just an example of hypocrisy. And it's the same thing in our families. If if we're a hypocrite, if we say, you know what, kids. <clears throat> don't smoke. It's going to kill you. Listen to me. It's bad for you. What's your kid going to think? Dad's stupid. You know? And I'm smarter than him. I know it, kid, it's going to kill you. But here's an example of, of a thing I saw in an article yesterday. It had a picture of it. In it, everybody know who Gloria Steinem is. Anybody don't know the the queen and founder of feminism is who Gloria Steinem is. And they had a picture of Gloria Steinem, and above her head was the caption: "If." Outlawing guns can save the life of one child, then it's the right thing to do. So, 
yeah, we can look at that and say, well, that's hypocritical of her. But here's the big major hypocrisy that I'm talking about that, that, that kids can see in us, blatant hypocrisy. She had a shirt on that said, I had an abortion. But yet she wants to save one child by controlling guns. Blatant hypocrisy in, in our kids and our family. You know, they can see that, that even when it's subtle by us, they can, they can discern it. Kids are much more discerning than we give them credit for. They might walk away saying, yeah, Dad, you know, that's a good idea. You know, that's a, and then turn around and roll their eyes. Because they know we're being uh, less than honest and a hypocrite. You know, next is, guys, we've got to set the example. And I hear it so many times. The United States is not the leader of the world. The United States isn't the one that sets the example for the world. Well, you know what? We are. Like it or not, we are the one that sets the example. And we're not setting an example right now in the world at, at all. If we don't accept or if we don't set the example... How can we be a leader when we haven't set the example for our kids, for our family? And one of the ways to set the example is by being a dedicated father and and a dedicated husband. And you know what? That's that also it sets an example for our wives, which I don't believe is 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 happening right now. You know, it used to be that there was nothing more pure and perfect than the love of a mother for her child. And it was good, just like God said. And God looked and said, it is good. You know, that's the way it used to be with motherhood. You'd look at it, you'd look at the moms and say, that's good. But you know, I used to work in child support and I still have friends that work there. Because men haven't set the example and because men haven't been the leaders in their family and been dedicated to their families, women are becoming the same way. Right now in our country, there are more child support cases against women than at any other time in history. Women are leaving their children. And sometimes mom and dad both leave their children because... We have irreconcilable differences. You know what? Nobody wants the kids. I see it every day in my job. Nobody wants the kids. I work with foster kids. I work with kids on probation. And I can tell you 100% of the time, one of the major factors in, in these kids is that they had no father. And they had a mother who, by choice or exhaustion or whatever... Has they haven't had much of a mother either. And, you know, I'll give you an example. I have a probation kid right now that's really angry at his mom. His dad, who basically raised him, is in prison for life as a uh, on a third strike of armed robbery. And he's 17. Until he was 13, his mom was a meth addict. She got cleaned up. He was in a group home. He got placed back home with mom. 
How do you think he's going to feel towards mom? Resentment, anger, and that's what he has. It's lack of leadership, lack of having an example set before our families. And one of the examples that we have to set in our family, and this is so important these days, is setting an example of modesty. Even Christian girls are not so modest these days. You know, we were at the Grand Canyon a few weeks ago, and and I can't tell you how many short, short girls, and I'm talking short, short. I'm talking revealing short shorts. And I saw this one girl that was just hanging out at the bottom of her shorts. And she's walking and she's pulling, she's trying to pull her shorts down. And and I pointed it out to my wife and I said, why are you going to wear something like that, showing off what you have, and then try to pull the shorts down so it's not showing off what you have? So it's a contradiction. It's It doesn't make any sense. And, I, I you know, I just don't get it. Modesty is is almost dead in, in our country, and it's something that doesn't come naturally. We have to teach it. You know what? Immodesty. We live in a in a, in a sinful, fallen world, and and that that tendency to be not so modest and to show off what you have that that is what's natural because of our sinful, fallen world. That is where kids without uh, leadership without having an example set, without being taught, modesty is something that has to be taught. It doesn't come automatically. And we should be monitoring the TV, monitoring video games. And we need to step in and teach that modesty. And you know what? We need to be ready for the resistance that's going to come because it will come. And we need to be prepared for that. We need to know how to respond to that in a loving and gentle and kind way not not by yelling and screaming kids don't get that they don't that yelling and screaming is like shooting um like shooting a bb gun at somebody with a kevlar vest it just rolls off doesn't even hit yelling and screaming at a kid is not the way to go And so, you know, in our country, no modesty is is the way to go. And that is praised. And one of the ways it's praised is by TV shows. You know, what what's on TV today would have never been on TV 20, 25 years ago. Ever, 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 ever. It, it would have been banned. It would have been, you know, the the, I don't even think there's a, a board that reviews TV shows anymore. Anything goes, especially on cable and and satellite. You can see anything that you want. And so that's the world that our kids are exposed to if we don't expose them to to God's way. If we don't expose them to God's word, they're going to learn from the world. They're not going to learn from us. They're certainly not going to learn from a, a government that doesn't, 
that doesn't um, teach those things and, and fill in those gaps, they're going to learn from the world. And we know that the world has nothing to offer. Another area is that where we fail as a nation is that we don't do what is necessary to protect the world. There's a lot, you know, there's a lot of people that still, we never should have been, we never should have went into Iraq. It was all about oil and, and all this stuff. Oil, you know, if, if it was, if it was all about oil, um, we'd have really, really, really ridiculously cheap gas right now because we'd be stealing all of Iraq's oil. But I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that we haven't received one barrel of oil from Iraq. Yeah, China's buying it all. We haven't received one barrel of oil from Iraq. So it wasn't all about oil. But, you know, I have no problem with us doing what we did because, number one, we were protecting those innocent people from a regime that had governmental-sponsored rape rooms to terrorize the, the citizens. We were saving those people. We We were saving... And we didn't save them when this happened, but Saddam Hussein um, decided he wanted to test out his chemical weapons, and he tested them on the Kurdish population just to see how well they'd work. And he killed he killed thousands of men, women, and children just to see if his chemical weapons would work. And for us to protect the world, I think, is important. I think it's a role for our country. And it's a role for our families to protect our families from the world, from the influences of the world. We need to be uh, protectors. And, and we're not doing that right now. We're seeing people getting beheaded. We're seeing um, Christian women being, being raped and they're, and they're sold into slavery. And their families are split up and their children are being sold into slavery. And... You know, what we're doing is okay, dropping food and water for people that are trapped and all that, but we need to be in there protecting those, those, those people. Not just the Christians, but there's a lot of other faiths there, faiths there that are being, um, treated the same way. And just because they're not Christians, you know, guys, we're to defend the defenseless, the Bible says. Regardless of their Race, creed, color, religion, you know, all that. We're to protect and defend the defenseless. And we're the only country really in the world that can do that. And as a Christian nation, I don't even feel comfortable saying that, um, we should be doing that. But, you know, the problem with our families is there's too many meek men that are not willing to stand up for the traditional family values. And even Christian men, and you know why? We're afraid to be called a hater. We're afraid to be the butt of, of jokes. Oh, you're such a hater. You don't, you don't believe in gay marriage. You don't believe in abortion. That one I don't get. We're a hater because we've joined the war on women because they're killing their babies. Who's the war really against? It's the babies. 
but yet we're the butt of those jokes. And there's also, you know, meek Christian men. You know, they're not willing to withstand persecution. There's going to come a time soon in this nation where we're going to have to make a stand and be willing to suffer the persecution for it because it's it's truly coming and we can and we can see it you know i read a i read a lot of um left wing news and websites just so i can know where they're coming from <laughs> i think it's important to i think it's important to know your you know quote unquote enemy you know, it's it's we're doing reconnaissance, we're doing intelligence. We got to know where they're coming from. And you know, this week, and the the head, one of the head ACLU attorneys said that Christians are just as extreme as ISIS. And 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 there's a military manual that says Christians, fundamental Christians. Again, that 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 F word, fundamental. Fundamental Christians are to be considered as as terrorists. That's in a military manual at our military academies. And so that persecution is coming. And, you know, I don't know anything about the Left Behind movie. I don't even know if I'm going to go see it. But um, I did see an article this morning that, that, you know, the movie was ripped to shreds by by secular critics. And I don't know. Maybe it deserved to be. <laughs> I'm going to get on Focus on the Family's website and see what they say about it. Is what I'm going to do. But anything that... that and there was another article this morning from... <laughs> I get a lot of my reconnaissance and intelligence from the Huffington Post. <laughs> and they, man, they have been on a war against Christians for the last couple of months. I mean, a literal war, um, ripping Christians to shreds. And there was an article this morning, a couple of articles. One that that discounted the, and I don't think this was the Huffington Post, but it's it's everybody. These days, ripping Christians to shreds. This one was, um, archaeologists discovered in Spain a figure of Jesus that doesn't have a beard, and so Jesus must not have existed. Because if most people think he has a beard and these people say he didn't, well, that's a contradiction. And Jesus didn't exist. You know, reasonable uh, assumption and conclusion to that archaeological find. And there was an article this morning from the Huffington Post. The headline was basically, Sorry Christians, and this is in response to the Left Behind movie, Sorry Christians, there is no rapture. There's nothing in the Bible about the rapture, and I didn't even read the article. Sometimes I just read the headlines to get the idea from from where they're coming from. But But that is the... That is the popular bent of the media right now is to try and and tear down everything that we believe in, everything that we have faith in. And we are the butt of many jokes. 
another thing that we can do in our families, and guys, I think this is important, is we're going to fail as a husband. We're going to fail as a father. We might, might not set the best example. We might be a hypocrite sometimes. You know what? We're, we're all subject to those things. I've, I've been a father my whole life. <laughs> Since I was 17 years old, I've been a father. And one thing I've learned over the years is that, you know, when we fail, we need to recognize it. We need to recognize that, that, that we failed. That we failed our wife, that we failed our kids. And we need to take responsibility for that. And we need to talk about it with, with our families. Say, you know what guys, I, I failed you. And, and, and I'm sorry. And I'm gonna do better. We need to take responsibility. That's one of the things with my kids that I work with. You know what, there is two things. There's no fear of authority and there's no taking of responsibility. Blame shifting and um, excuses are the are the uh, modus operandi of the day. Yes, <laughs> and so we need to take responsibility for our actions, for our failures, and we need to learn from them. And we need to make adjustments, just like in football. You know, I, I mean, you can really watch. How many football games do you see if you watch football where one team is horrible in the first half? And, you know, they don't just go in at halftime and have pep talks. They go in just like a military tactician, and they say, okay, we got whooped in the first half. What can we do to adjust to keep us from getting whooped in the second half? And then the second half comes, and it's like, where did this team come from? I don't recognize these guys. We should be the same. We make adjustments when 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 we when we get whooped, <laughs> and we take responsibility for that whooping, and we make adjustments, and we try to 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 correct the things that that we failed at in the first half, and take responsibility for that. And you know, we've got to, like I said, we've got to withstand that persecution for our faith. And we've got to hold fast to, to God's Word. And we've got to hold fast to our faith. And it's like it says in Ephesians, if we don't hold fast to our faith, then we'll be carried along like the wind on the waves following any form of doctrine. If we're not strong in our faith and in God's Word, we're going to be willing to believe anything. You know, that sounds good. That sounds good. That sounds good too. And there's a lot of people like that. People that are searching for... Um, you know, I talk to a lot of people. And it's like a lot of people these days say, you know, I like to take all the best things from each faith and put them together, and that's what I believe in. You know, I believe in Jesus, but you know, we got to add Buddha's teachings to Jesus because Buddha had a lot of good things to say, and and there's a lot of people that are searching for that 
faith that's going to fill that God hole in, in their hearts. And, you know, one of the funniest things, it's not funny, but it is kind of funny, is that in talking to a lot of people here at the church and Christians outside the church, I can't tell you how many times someone's come to me and said, Oh, man, Pastor Chuck, I'm really suffering in my faith right now. And and my beliefs and everything, I'm just, you know, I'm beginning to doubt. And then they'll say something like, You know, the enemy is so powerful that he's causing me to doubt my faith and to doubt God's Word. And I'm like, if you believe in the devil (laughs) and it is attacking you, well then, why aren't you believing in God? Why are you doubting your faith if you don't doubt the existence of Satan? You know, it's an oxymoron, but I've heard that so many times. And so, God, we got guys. We got to remember, and we'll close with this: Who are we loyal to? And when we look at the leadership in our country, and and the leadership in our families, if we're not loyal to something bigger than us, meaning God, then there's nobody left to be loyal to, other than ourselves. And we have no counsel. We have um, nothing to rely on, nothing to fall back on, nothing to say, that's wrong, this is godly. <clears throat> and so we fall back to being loyal on us. And what, is, what does Jeremiah say? The heart is wicked and deceitful. Who can know it? And that's what we're relying on. I, I can't stand all these Disney movies that say, oh, follow your heart. You know, all these princesses singing that. And that's the worst thing that we can do is follow our hearts. We need to follow that discernment and know when the Spirit is talking to us. And so we've got to be loyal to God's Word. Loyal to God and not and not man. You know, man will always fail you. I will fail you. Pastor Jeff said it many times from the pulpit. He will fail you. If we're not loyal to God and we're loyal to men or a certain man, we're going to be let down. And so we need to be loyal to to God's Word and loyal to Christ. And, you know, one one more thing, a couple things is, I just, again, I just read another article, and and I will use a name this time. I'm a, I'm an old military man. And the military and veterans are very important to me. And President Obama said this week that for those people that are going into Iraq, and I'm not talking about boots on the ground yet, but I, it's going to be coming. Um, well, we just we just sent a division over there to supposedly protect the embassies, an entire division. Um, from the Big Red One. For those of you who don't know who the Big Red One is, it's a very highly decorated historical unit in the Army. Um, highly decorated from World War II. And they're called the, the Big Red One. They just deployed a division of, of men over to Iraq 
for what? I'm not really sure. Um, and we've also deployed a, a wing of A-10s. But my point in all of this is this past week, President Obama came out and he said, there will be no medals awarded to anyone who fights in the battles against ISIS. And, and how does that figure into our families? Recognition. You have got to recognize the good things that your family does because it's a reflection on your leadership. If your family is in order and, and they're, you know, I'm not saying not ever have problems because that's inevitable. But if you see the fruits of your labor as a, as a husband and as a father, you see the fruits of your labor, it's a wonderful thing. And, and the, those you are leading need to be recognized for their following. You know, good job. You know, I, I was with a foster kid last night. And I took him over to the skate park in Crestline. And he's come from a horribly broken family. And he's a wonderful young man, and he's with a foster family right now that's, that's going to be adopting him. And one of the problems that he's had in the past is letting his older brother, who, who he loves, I mean, he still loves his family. Kids are a wonderful example of unconditional love. You can beat them, you can terrorize them when they're little, you can do just about anything to them, and they're still going to look at you with loving eyes and forgive you. It's automatic with them. Trust me, I know. I've seen horribly abused kids that are more worried about themselves. Is my dad going to go to jail for this? Oh, I don't want him to go to jail for this. Immediate forgiveness, unconditional love. <clears throat> and this young man last night, he's had a real problem with hanging out with his big brother and his big brother getting him in trouble and, and all these things. And so we got over to the skate park last night and there's all these teenagers sitting around and, you know, I don't even do anything anymore because law enforcement doesn't care about marijuana. But these kids are all just sitting there smoking a bowl, pot, passing it back and forth. And I'm just ignoring them. Well, unbeknownst to me, one of those kids was my kid's brother. And his brother has always been a problem in his life. He gets so infatuated with his big brother that given the opportunity, he'll just cling to him. And I didn't know it was him. And so all of a sudden, my kid who's out there skating on, at the skate park, he comes over and he's got his head down and his helmet pulled down a little bit. I'm like, dude, you look funny. <laughs> he says, Chuck, can we leave? That's my brother over there. I'm like, yep, we're out of here. And so uh, we left. And, and, and you know what? I was just praising him, recognizing him. You know, good job, man. That must have been so hard for you because you love your brother so much. But yet you resisted that impulse to, to, to go back to the way you were with him. And, and, and I just recognized him and praised him. And, and, you know, getting back to the medals thing. You know, in the military... You know, we don't fight for medals. But you know what? They do carry a certain importance to us. You know, if nothing else, bragging rights, you know. 
I got my combat ribbon. <laughs> I got my combat medal, you know, to a little, you know, boasting and stuff like that. But, but even above that, it's it's nice to be recognized for your accomplishments. And so, these guys are going to go fight without the opportunity to be recognized for their accomplishments. You know, if if somebody jumps on a on a on a hand grenade to save those that are with him. There's going to be no medal of honor for that guy. No, you know, no bronze star, no silver star, no nothing. It's like, oh, thank you. And, and, and that's it. Those things are important, especially to the families. And so we need to recognize those good things in our families. Recognize when there's an accomplishment and, and an obedience, even minor obedience, you know what? That belongs in the trash can and not in, and not on the floor. Okay, Dad. A lot of praise. Praise them. Encourage them. Kids need that so badly these days. And so I just want to close with this. You know, many times in the Bible, God says to certain men, Job, Joshua, He says, Gird up your loins. That's a military term for getting ready for battle. Girding up your loins. Pulling up, you know, giving yourself a wedgie. Getting your underwear out of the way so you can put on the rest of your armor. You know, that's what it means. Get ready for battle. Gird up your loins and prepare for battle. And, you know, in the original Chuck language... Not Hebrew, not Greek, not Aramaic. This is the Chuck translation. Put on your man pants and not your man panties. (laughs) You know, gird up your loins and prepare for battle because, guys, whether you like it or not, we are in a war for our faith and we are in a war for our families. God, would you please strengthen us Lord, help us to gird up our loins. Help us to be warriors. For, Lord, we have never been in a battle for the faith in this country like we are now. We have never been looked at by so many in our nation as, Lord, really second-class citizens, wackos, extremists, even terrorists, Lord. Help us to prepare for battle, but, Lord, help us to fight with love, with kindness, with gentleness. Lord, your word promises that when we are um, persecuted, that when we are brought before the authorities and the rulers and, and, and those that hate and persecute us, not to worry about what we will say. For it is that time that the Holy Spirit will come and give us the words. Cause us to remember things that we have forgotten so that we may bear a strong, loving, kind witness to the world. For, Lord, that is the only hope. Help us to show the world, Lord, that we are not all of those things that we are called. That, Lord, we are loving. And, Lord, I pray that you would touch those Christians in this world that portray hate, that Use words, Lord, that should not be used, that 
that are condemning and judging, Lord. Condemnation and judgment are in your hands and your hands only, Lord. Lord, we're to judge the fruit, but you alone will judge the tree that that fruit comes from. So, Lord, help us to be gentle and kind and loving as we set the example for the world and set the example for our own families. We thank you, Lord, and we look forward to your soon return, Lord, because, um, Lord, we believe that you are coming back and coming quickly. We thank you, Jesus, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.